and welcome back to season four of Grid and Grace Leadership Talks with myself, Kate Taylor. I'm excited to come back with another season with amazing guests uh, for 2024. And I really wanted to introduce you to an amazing lady in my network who has also been in our Facebook group for a number of years now. Her name is Cardine Aaron, and she is a specialist. She's a Bachelor of Social Work, but she's a specialist in EFT tapping, which stands for Emotional freedom technique uh, training and she does this across Australia she's an ACA registered member of the counseling association and she is going to share with us today a little bit about her business and the technique that she uses and how it might help some of you today so welcome hi Kate how are you good thanks for coming on with us today my pleasure Oh, awesome. I know it's um, been a little while coming. I've I wanted to get you on the podcast, so it's great that um, you're able to join me today. And we are kicking off season four together. So that's awesome. Uh, yay. And I thought it'd be great to um, just run through a few questions with you, ask you a little bit about you and your business, and then we can chat as well in between, but then also look at, I guess, kicking off for the new year. What could we be doing to help others who are maybe listening in um, that maybe have kind of tried to kick off January thinking, oh, we've got these news resolutions, we're trying to do all this stuff, and then it's all gone out the window maybe by February by the time they're listening to this. So I thought this would be a good uh, recheck in with people who have made commitments to start the year as well. So so thank you so much. And could you kick off with a little bit about, I'm going to start with a bit of a wellbeing question. Um, I'd love to know how you start your day up for success and and put your well-being at the forefront. What could you tell us about that? How I start my day for success is one listening to my own body about when it's ready to get up. So because I live with chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, I schedule all my clients pretty much on one day. So okay. on that one day is when I need to get up at a certain time or if I'm training. On those yep. other days, I really listen to my body about when it's actually ready to get up. So that's an important part of, of starting my day. And then I prioritise one uh, important task for that day. Yep. And when I have that done, then I can spend time on, on other stuff. And so that's how I manage to still get stuff done and live with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue and, and juggle all of that. Wow. Wow. That's huge. And it's a lot, I know my um, own sister has lived with the same kind of conditions and, yeah, her energy level, she says, is around 70% of a normal person. And so then she sees me who's high high energy all the time. She's like, okay, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> so it's it's really important to that, to know your body and protect your energy. And I guess having those conditions would make you be more aware of that than than most people it's funny it's like when we hurt ourselves you know like you um you know you break an arm or a leg and then all of a sudden you're like I didn't realize I needed my arm so much (laughs) to function right yes yes well exactly but when you live with chronic illness you do learn to adapt and to to plan your life differently it's just that other people around you sometimes need conversation in order to come on board no one can really understand what you're going through unless you've gone through something similar so they can only do their best to empathize but if you haven't lived say with chronic pain or or exhaustion because the fatigue and chronic fatigue is not tiredness it's sickening exhaustion if you haven't experienced it then 
you don't know what it's like. So, yeah, it, yeah, it and can be challenging for the people around you. I think if you live with chronic health conditions, because they even if no matter how no matter how much they love you, they yes. can see a lot of the impacts, but they don't really know, understand. And, hard, and they feel hopeless because yeah, I know my sister was spent many years in her teenage years in bed um, fighting it and finding trying to work out what was wrong and why. And my mum was taking all these doctors and. Yeah, and it, yeah. it really was debilitating and um, she's managed to do so much now but it compared to what she was, but it's still a challenging road for her and, and her health. But, um, yeah, mm. she's definitely trying to learn different ways at the moment as well that help her. And in terms of like, so when you feel ready for your day to start, like is it, do you set an alarm or not? Do you Or do you have several alarms no. and then you let yourself get up? Like no, how do I wake you, up. You just wake up. No, I just get up i start my work in bed okay and so start my emails and social media posts for that day in bed oh that's a good idea yeah so i don't wait until i'm up before i start working okay uh, i will start doing the emails that's why it's really good to have a good phone because and i see that as an investment to have a really good quality phone because i do a lot of my work on it and I can do oh, that. Yes. I can go for a walk and sit by the river, for example. That's self-care. Yep. And I can do some work there. So yes. I can find it to, to a degree. And so my day starts generally, unless I'm training or, or it's client day, it will start in bed and I'll start my emails there for the day. Yeah, okay. And then do you have like any breath work or any kind of meditations or attitudes or anything you do to start the day before you jump straight into work is there anything that you find when you do that it does help you start the day better i weave eft tapping throughout my day so i don't have a specific okay. time that i do it but i just do it throughout the day so i'll do it okay. in five minute segments throughout the day because yep. then i'm helping to reduce my stress hormones throughout the day and then depending on pain levels or, you know, life, I might do it more. Yeah. Um, but to start the day necessarily, I don't really do it to always start today. Yeah. It's a great practice too, but I wait until I'm, I'm up and active before I do it. Okay, that's great. And yeah. in terms of your career path, like obviously you've gone on a bit of a journey. Um, it looked like you studied your Bachelor of Social Work, but then you've gone into this EFT tapping space and um, the kind of private practice counselling kind of space. So can you tell us a little about your career journey and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, I can. It actually starts really when I'm 17. When I was 17, I left school and I decided I wanted to be a massage practitioner. So I got myself a job in a pharmacy. And I became like the youngest massage practitioner. I was very young then to be one. And I was asked to teach by the time I was 20. Wow. And so I was doing massage and teaching massage. And then when I was 25 is when I had my big health crash. Okay. So I went from a 50-hour week to if they did the dishes, I wouldn't be able to do anything else for the rest of the day. Wow. So I lost everything. And I knew that I couldn't go from a 50-hour week to suddenly not doing anything and be yep. okay. So I enrolled for community services welfare at TAFE and I used to fall asleep in class and it took me twice oh. as long to do 
but I I got through it and I've got distinctions, which was the highest at, at TAFE. I don't know about now, yeah. but certainly then it was the highest. And when that was finished, I thought, well, what do I do now? I still can't work. And I thought I'd probably never work again. My oh, health wow. is so bad. And I thought, well, I've been told I can get a year off at Sydney Uni. Why don't I apply? And some silly person told me uni was easier than TAFE. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking to tell me that. But anyway, I got to uni and I went from distinctions to failing. And oh, wow. It would take me 10 attempts to read a single sentence in a reading and I knew something was really going wrong with my brain and my doctor had no idea what was happening. And one day I was looking at a MRI study of people with fibromyalgia, their brains, comparing their brains yeah. to healthy brains. And what they uncovered is a reduction in grey matter by 8 to 12%. And they hypothesised at that time that it was due to high cortisol levels. And this was before anyone was talking about the stress hormone cortisol, really. This is okay. 15 years ago. And I thought, oh, cortisol. Okay, is that the problem? So I go to my GP and he tested for cortisol, which is saliva testing. If anyone tells you you can only do it with one blood test in a day, that's rubbish if you ever get your okay. it because you have to test the pattern through the day. Okay. Um, and so, indeed, my cortisol was high. And so I went on a mission to find ways to reduce my cortisol, which included listening to visualisation meditations as I went to sleep, so I'd go into a deeper sleep and a whole variety of other strategies. And I ended up getting through uni and I got through uni with first class honours, but it set me up on a path to be really curious about this thing called cortisol. And yeah, so when I wow. Yeah, yeah. I was finished uni and I was and it was really interesting. People organizations were just starting to find out about cortisol. And because I'd kind of specialized my assessments around cortisol and trauma and the impact on the life stage, it was very easy for me to get work because organizations was just starting to be interested in cortisol oh, and wow. i came across eft online one day and i read it and i thought i have to do that and i remember the first training i went to after years of living with complex pdsd chronic fatigue and fibro going to counselors for years yeah I chose to work on an event because very practical EFT training that I thought I'd totally done in years of counselling. Had no emotions thinking about it, nothing, until we started tapping. And all of a sudden all these emotions and physical sensations started coming up. The trainer had to go and get me a bin because I thought I was going to vomit. I thought, wow, I thought I'd totally done that one. Oh, wow. But we still in our body. So all the talking in the world helps you normalize but it doesn't actually resolve the trauma Release it. Wow. that's right ptsd levels hadn't really decreased over the years interesting about training but i remember the next day it was the most amazing feeling in the sunlight it felt like all my cells were starting to wake up and that lasted three days every time i was in the sunlight it was wow. incredible so that got me initially hooked into eft and yeah. so I kept attending EFT trainings and I became the assistant for my trainer at the time for when he was in Australia. And then when he decided to stop teaching EFT, I thought it was time for me to start. And ah. so that's 
to starting to provide EFT training. And as a social worker, you know, I love it. It's it just became the heart and soul of my practice because it's so such a gentle therapy and so effective compared to other therapeutic tools. Yeah, wow. So, so interesting because I hadn't heard about it until I started seeing you promoting it and then I was like, oh, I wonder what this EFT is about. So this is why I was really keen to get you on the on the podcast to understand a little bit more and I'm sure yeah. I'm not the only one. Um, you know, I'm always open to different types of treatments and, um, you know, I we spoke to another um, member of the group, Caroline Burrows, about EMDR. So now this is like another area again where you can specialise in that trauma space, I guess, and helping right. release those um feelings i mean yeah it's it's fascinating um so could you tell me yeah could you tell me like so how long have you run your business then and then in terms of the eft tapping how many years have you been doing that now sure so i've been in business probably 10 years now but i started off quit smoking i got very bored ah. with that quickly um <laughs> now it should and- be stop vaping isn't it that's the new thing vaping well, vaping, they're finding with all the research is creating more health problems than cigarettes. Wow. Once the damage is done to the lungs with vaping, apparently um, the body isn't recovering. Where When you give up cigarettes, your body starts to heal and recover. But um, vaping, apparently, from the research that I've seen coming out, is, is longer lasting. Interesting. Yeah. Wow, so that would have been an interesting area to start in and then... <laughs> yeah, well, I've been providing just... training for five years now. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And, and before and the so lockdown, you... I was travelling around Australia to provide training, so between Sydney, Brisbane, Perth. Wow. And then it all went online. So mostly it's online now, but I do do in-person occasionally. Like later this month, I'll be going to Yamina Beach and providing training there. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, it yeah, it is interesting and it must help with your health stuff to be able to be online because it obviously it means your physical body doesn't have to travel as much and your body can, you know, be in your own environment and if you're having a rough day, you know, you can manage that energy probably a bit easier than if you're having to fly somewhere or, yeah, that kind Absolutely. of thing. Absolutely. Yeah, or manuals because I provide students with hard copy manuals, not PDFs and things like that. So it does make things easier for me and it makes it, things easier for other people as well. Um, yes. Because now I get more students that are in remote locations or who also yes, have, that's true. are living with health conditions themselves or who wouldn't be able to afford to travel and stay with uh, the training. So it does make it accessible for, for more people. people. Yeah, a lot of people, there are some people who are still like, oh, I prefer in person, it's better. It is yeah, nicer. Well, I think it comes down to how it's facilitated. True. Yeah, you can go and get a coffee, but I think one of the mistakes a lot of online training makes is they have everybody on mute, whereas I have everybody off mute in training and people aren't allowed uh, to put questions in the chat box. They have to ask them. We treat it like we're in a room together and we do a lot that's of That's good. Yeah, ice breaking and things like that. So people still build that connection. And yeah. in some ways it's actually better because when they're practising in breakout rooms, they don't have the background noise and if emotions come up, they, they don't have the whole class. Which, that's private. Yeah. And I pop in and 
and they learn how to work effectively online, which a lot of us still don't know how to do. We, we do it, but we, we don't know, for example, that we need to look in the camera for a person, if you like, we're making eye contact with them. And yes. so there are benefits to providing training online when it's done well. That's true. Yeah, I have been studying online um, with TAFE this last year, six months and there's been an online classroom, so it's live at a certain time and then we have to all log in. Um, but it still annoys me that people don't put their cameras on. Like I'm like, come on, guys, like the poor teacher because yeah. <laughs> I guess yeah. I've run trainings and things, so I know it feel, how it feels if if everyone has a camera. That comes down to the trainer. That comes yeah. down to the trainer making that one of the rules of the group. I don't let yeah, my I students reckon. have their video off, like unless, say, they're sick or they've got to go to the toilet or, or something like yeah. that. I don't let my students have their video off. They have to have it on. Otherwise, you can't yeah. engage yeah. with each other. You're you here. You treat it like we're in a room together. And when you run online training like that, you can still build those connections. All my students have built connections for years with the other students that they've met online. Yeah, it's been quite interesting because we have gone for the whole, like, two terms um, online, two nights a week, and then um, when we... Uh, we decided to uh, meet in person. So we said, oh, let's all meet up before the end of the year. Let's have yeah. our last class together and then go into go into TAFE. And, and it was really good, actually, because yeah. it was almost like I know you, but I haven't met you. Like that whole, like, yeah, I recognise everyone's faces, but you hadn't seen them. Um, yeah. And the ones that hadn't put the camera on, you recognise their voice, but you hadn't seen them. So that was really interesting too. And I think, yeah, you, I reckon um, there's a time and place and I feel like in general, week to week, it's been a lot easier to be able to study, log in from home and then still see my daughter before, you know, at night and things like that. Um, whereas if I had to go to a classroom, I wouldn't get to see her before I went to class, between work and class. So things like that. And when I get my 10-minute breaks, I go and see her. So she feels happy that I'm still around, uh, even though I can't put her to bed that night. <laughs> and, um, yeah. Yeah, just little bits here and there does make a difference. And so, um, yeah, I have found, but I did like the idea of it being a set day and time and you log in for, because I found um, if I had to do self-paced, I probably wouldn't be as um, diligent with it. Like, yeah, I feel I like it do does make you, Yeah, I'm like, otherwise I just don't log in because, yeah, my sister's trying to do self-paced. It's taking forever to finish a course. And yeah. I think if you have a set deadlines and class times i don't know i feel like that's a good balance it's the only way that i would get a training done like if it's self-paced i mean how many of us have bought trainings online and never done them no exactly i buy them yeah. all the time and i don't get time to listen back to them i'm like oh i've well, really got to listen to that <laughs> yeah exactly they're um, even there Exactly. I'm like, oh, this is a great CPD, and then I never listen to it. Oh, I know it's a trap, isn't it? All those lunch and learns that you sign up to, and they send you the replay, and then you don't listen. So, yeah, it's about committing to it. If you're going to do it, do it at that time and be present. I think that's the key, isn't it? Be present. So, Absolutely. You need to be present. Online trading can work great when it's facilitated really well. And you're really present in the training and interactive in the training. Yes. It is what you will make it as long yeah, as it's facilitated yeah. well. I remember when I yeah. trained on training and assessment online. I, 
that was the worst training I've been to in many ways because they didn't really teach you how to engage with people well. Ah, they didn't bring yeah. within the class, so we were, we were just ticking boxes. And oh. so, like, it's really interesting, but but you can learn to present well online and to do trainings online or little workshops yeah. like I do three workshops online. And it's all about how you facilitate it at the end of the day. Yeah, definitely. And learning your kind of unique style or um, way that you can bring it and deliver it and be confident, I guess, and don't try and be someone else, be yourself, and but level Absolutely. up, you know, do upskill, yeah, whatever you need to do to be that confident version of you in how you present. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, that's great. And um, what advice would you give someone who's maybe gone down the path of social work or like psychology or counselling and they're going, I'm working with someone else, but I really have this dream of doing my own practice. It might not be EFT, it could be just, you know, private practice in general or some or other mm -hmm. type of therapy that they're specialised in. Like what would you, what advice would you give them and where would they start? Well, start with firstly what you're passionate about. Secondly yeah. will be to look out of the box. There's never one pathway. I didn't go down a typical pathway. I'm not a, an accredited mental health social worker. I'm an accredited yeah. social worker. So I don't have a Medicare provider number or those things. Um, yeah. I went down a different route. I focus on training. People still come and have sessions with me for trauma or phobias or other life challenges, but I haven't gone down the traditional route to make that happen. You know, there's a whole okay. variety of ways that we can get clients, say, as a social worker, whether it's through victim services or um, carers or a whole variety of ways, and you don't need to be a mental health uh, accredited social worker. And okay. so that would be my second tip is, is think outside the box. And thirdly, yeah. which is really important, and I think a lot of people don't consider when they're starting their private practice, is what sort of lifestyle do I want to create? Yes. Because ideally we go into private practice or have our own business to create a lifestyle that we want. Yes. Yet a lot of people drown because they don't put that into place from the beginning. So when I started my business, I knew that I wanted to travel because when I was younger I was too sick to travel and now okay. um, I'm well enough to be able to travel. And so that's okay. why I started providing training around Australia. So I knew that travel was going to be a part of how I established my business. When we went okay. into lockdowns, everything went online. So I'm like, this is actually really good for me. Working online means I could work anywhere in the world, I could see my clients, and I yep. can provide training, and I can create the lifestyle that I want. Okay. And so, yeah, that would be my, my three top tips, really. Yeah, I love that. No, that's really helpful. And I think um, I also think it's good to build up, you know, what you want to do on the side while you're working, yeah. establish yourself, what you're going to do, what your offering is, get your website set up, your name, everything. I did that. I worked for someone for six months before I set up Taylor Care because I was like, oh, I don't want to waste time once I'm, you know, um, working in full time right. in this. So yeah. I did all the setup in after hours in the evenings on weekends out of my normal nine to five. And then 
um, when I was ready, I was able to take the plunge and I had everything set up pretty much was like a few weeks off going live on my website. I had everything else lined up. So it and meant that I didn't waste time. You want yeah. to be able to do some background stuff. And the other thing is we can't do it alone. We don't yes. create success alone. And you That's might, people might need business coaching because when you're a private practitioner, you have two hats. You have the practitioner yes. hat and then you have the business owner hat. And yes. suddenly you learn how to market yourself and all these other things that you didn't have to worry about working mm. for somebody else. So just remember, everyone, we don't do it alone. Uh, Kate yes. and I aren't where we are because we did it alone. We had people exactly. helping us along the way. And it's just having the, the, the key people and being able to delegate too is, is part of that. Yeah, I think so. And I think I wish I had learned about getting a business coach when I started 10, nearly 11 years ago now. It wasn't really a thing back then. And it was only probably the last six years that I've had coaches in my world and training and professional development and meeting up with other business owners a bit more and things like, and having like masterminds and, you know, mentoring that kind of thing. And I wish I'd tapped into it a lot sooner because I think I would be further along now in some ways um, but yeah. also understanding that yeah like you said you can't do it alone and um, and we shouldn't be doing it alone like life is meant to be a collaboration with people and community and connections and networking and you know um, do work out what your genius zone is what your strength is what you love to do and then what can you delegate I mean it might not be straight away you can delegate social media or whatever because of the cost but if there's a point where you're like actually I'm going to tick this goal in business and then I can outsource my cleaning or I can you know uh, have a because then it saves you money ultimately exactly yeah it saves you money ultimately when you can do that and you know I have another trainer and she does most of my student marking for me uh, because yeah. I'd rather spend that time developing or providing training and then i have my virtual assistant who does a lot of the background stuff for me yeah otherwise i wouldn't be able to manage it and so yes. we don't we don't create success by ourselves we need the support yeah. of others. i love that mm. yeah it's so important and in terms of um people listening that may be thinking about new year's goals i know you did a post on this recently on your social media which i loved and it was mm -hmm. kind of like thinking about um you know, New Year's um, resolutions um, and yeah. how often we can break those even within the first few weeks of January. And we set ourselves up to fail often. And I think um, it's this is a really good time of year to reconnect and think uh, where are we at with the goals that we might have set on January 1st um, to here, yes. here we are now. Um, what advice would you give around that? Yes. So the important thing, one of the important things to remember is every day, of the year is the start of a new year. You know, we don't need to wait for the 1st of January to have a new year's yeah. resolution or, or, or a goal. And yeah. if we don't retain those straight away, well, today's a new day. Yeah. But the important thing that is really looking at what holds us back as individuals, in EFT we call them our, our yes buts. For example, uh, a person might have an affirmation or a goal of I have a thriving practice. Yeah. That might be their goal. I have a thriving practice, but what are the yes buts behind that? And in our industry, we typically like, well, why would people pay me? I just need another piece of paper. I'm yep. feeling overwhelmed. 
it'll be a whole range of yes buts and so in EFT or just in general if you have a goal and you're not attaining it will explore what are your yes buts that you tell yourself okay. around those because until you address the yes buts you probably won't achieve the goal or achieving the goal is going to take longer because the yes buts are what is what's really driving you the unconscious mind is what drives us ultimately or that yeah. coming when we can address that then we can achieve the goals that we actually want yeah that's so important i think that's um yeah and i feel like we're so often um can self-sabotage isn't it we think we set ourselves up and then we have all these goals and then like you said those yes buts that we're kind of avoiding or not dealing with will come to the surface and that will be the ultimate thing that stops us from achieving it and i think having that regular reset and you know um like if you're trying to get healthy and fit like okay i had a rough week i didn't get to the gym much because i was moving off first doing lots of stuff but actually today i went in and did pilates at 8 30 this morning and i wasn't feeling like it and i feel good for it you know and i like yep this is how i'm going to start my week and um i'm now going to meet someone for a walk later and so i just think it's like important to have like a i guess you know a reset and i find sometimes the start of the week is good for that uh, but like you said, each day it could just be like, hey, I had a rough day. Yesterday I didn't stick to my plan, right. but tomorrow's a new day. And I think that's really important. Um, and then how does how would EFT tapping help us with achieving those and working through those goals? Sure. So in with EFT, what you would do, say if somebody came to me and they had goals that they weren't able to attain, we would yep. start off with doing a brainstorm to explore all of their yes buts. Okay. And where those buts actually originated from. So, for example, if a yes but to um, I want to have a thriving practice is I'm not good enough, then we'd be exploring well, where did that belief of I'm not good enough actually begin? Where did you learn that? And okay. then EFT, we would focus on where it actually comes from. So then we can resolve that pattern. So when we look at sabotage, well, really, sabotage is just uncomfortable emotions or fears. That's, That's all it true. is. And so if we can address, find out where the, the beliefs actually come from and then resolve those beliefs or experiences that are holding us back, um, then we would focus on those with EFT, which will free somebody up. But I guess to make sense of that would be to explain, you know, how does this weird thing, what is this weird thing called EFT? Would it be helpful if I explain yes. that? Yeah, so EFT. I think so. Is, yeah, it's an, an evidence-based mind-body stress reduction technique, ultimately. Okay. It's a lot of research into EFT now. Some people still think it's probably airy-fairy because you're yeah, tapping, but but no, uh, there's, a, there's hundreds of research papers that's published now around the results of EFT. Um, it works on the mind and the body. So in conventional medicine, they like to separate the two. In EFT, you're working on the mind and the body at the same time. So if you think back to the example I gave where I attended my first training and I felt yeah. like I was going to vomit and then the next day, you know, I had this amazing experience, that's because the trauma was being held in my body. So we can talk to the cows come home, but it's not going to resolve trauma. We store yes, it in our body. So in EFT, we focus on what's uncomfortable 
and we tap yeah. on specific meridian points in our body and allows that discomfort to release. So I kind of liken it. So I have this glass. Imagine this glass yeah. full of dirty water and the dirty water represented your painful emotions. If that glass was full of dirty water, there'd be no room for a happy, calm, joy, clear thinking. So yeah. in EFT, we focus on what's uncomfortable. We tap on specific meridian or acupuncture points and it yeah. allows that dirty water to start to empty. Ah. And so in our glass, we suddenly have room for happy, calm, our cortisol, our stress hormones come down so suddenly we can think clearly and make different yep. decisions as well. So the more we tap, the more we empty, the more our stress hormone cortisol comes down because EFT lowers cortisol levels. That's what got me into it. Yeah, And it also increases our immune system markers by 113 oh, wow. when, when we apply tapping. So reducing cortisol by about 34%, increase our immune system markers, makes our body in a better position to heal. If we're working yeah, wow. on a traumatic event, we're working with a client with PTSD or have experienced a trauma, um, then we would focus on the trauma. There's a whole variety of techniques in FT to work on trauma. Um, we would be you would focus on that uncomfortable thing while you're tapping yeah and it allows your fight or flight system to learn that it's actually not under threat so it releases those triggers so ah. for example one of my clients who lives with parkinson's disease she yeah. chose an event that she feels triggered her parkinson's so we didn't work on parkinson's but we worked okay. on a very significant traumatic event that used to replay for her every day. Wow. Before we worked on that event, she used to shake pretty much her waking time and go to the toilet nine times a night. She'd wake up to go to the toilet. Oh. We worked on that event once, once, just once. We worked on that event for an hour and a half. And when I checked in with her a couple of weeks, she couldn't remember what we had worked on. So that event was no longer replaying. I said, that's great. Oh, wow. So what's changed? Well, I'm sleeping through the whole night now. Excellent. What else is wow. changed? Yeah, I'm hardly shaking anymore and only if something upsets me and only for about half an hour. Wow. Great. Big difference. Yeah, and I said, well, what, anything else changed? She said, yeah, I can take a joke now. I can joke back and not take things personally. And I said, well, by the way, she's better. Yeah. And she's resolved that trauma. Yeah. And so she's not having a trigger response anymore. And so oh. I reminded her what we actually worked on. She's, oh, I don't even think about that anymore. And I'm thinking about that person now. Nothing's happening in my body where she would have had a, a massive anxiety attack thinking about that person previously. And, and so that's an example of the power of EFT when we're working with trauma. It can release those triggers so that we're not being triggered all the time. Or if we're yeah. on a replaying, replaying, it can release that. We're releasing that dirty water. It allows the amygdala, which is like your fire alarm in your fire flight system, to 
relax its triggers so it's not firing off all the time. Certainly changed my wow. life. Yeah. Wow. Sounds amazing. I want to try it now. <laughs> we'll yeah. Yeah, to... We can use it for so many things, wherever, whether it's our yes buts, trauma, anxiety, yeah. cravings, phobias. I love working with phobias. We can uh, use it for pets. I use it with my foster cats. Oh, wow. We can use it for any age. We can use it with individuals. We can use it in group work. We can use it for our own self-care. One of the beauties of EFT in our industry is that when clients are coming for EFT sessions, we don't actually have to hear their traumatic stories. So we're not developing the vicarious trauma from hearing too many stories because in EFT uh, there's only one technique where we'll ask a client to share their story with us, but it's very systematic and we are resolving different heightened parts of that story um, as yeah. they go. Uh, but in EFT, the story is mostly irrelevant. What's relevant is what's happening in the body and what's happening emotionally, and that's what we tap on. So it's really good for practitioner well-being and longevity as well. Wow. And because we are tapping on them ourselves, the client's tapping on themselves, we are reducing our own cortisol levels as we work. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then in that's the amazing. Session, yeah, in the first session we can teach our client how to do just some basics on themselves. And so after the first session with you, they can go home and start to reduce their own anxiety and stress very simply. Wow. And That's then practitioners, yeah, we work on the deeper stuff and then we teach them how to do self-care. And I find a lot of my clients will go home and then start sharing it with their kids, same as my students, will go home and start sharing EFT with their children and it become a daily ritual for a lot of them. The kids often end up asking for it. Uh, or go away and they start doing it themselves. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. And then it helps them self-regulate, I guess, as well. It does. It helps yeah. learning. We know that in schools that have introduced EFT into the classroom, instead of a child getting in tr trouble if they're a bit, you, you know, um, distracted or distracting people, the whole class would yeah. tap. And so the whole class get, gets a reduction in their stress hormones and they all start to relax. They all start to become more focused in the learning. Their grades increase. Bullying reduces. When we tap together, we connect wow. together. Uh, we're not yep. taking our frustrations out on others. So there's so many benefits even within a classroom for introducing EFT. But for, yeah, for kids, when we do the basics, yeah, we're giving them a tool for life. It will help them with their learning. They can do it before exams, anytime. Yeah. I know because even my daughter, she's in year three this year. She does, um, I know in kindy they did meditation, like they do meditation um, like after lunch or something or, yeah. you know, to calm them down. And, and I thought, wow, we never did anything like that at school. <laughs> so, no. yeah, EFT would be even better. Yeah. Yes. Oh, well. Wow. It's good because people don't need to focus. We know from the research with EFT, if we do the EFT, just the words, without the tapping, there's no reduction in cortisol. But if we do the tapping part without words, there is a reduction in cortisol. Oh, so cool. even if we include no words and we only tap, we're going to get a stress reduction to our system. And wow. 
Now, a lot of people won't do tapping themselves because they're worried about getting the words wrong. And so my my response is always just tap. Don't worry about the words. You're already feeling it. You're already in that yes. moment. And so, yeah, you don't you don't need to worry about the words if you're doing it for yourself. Just tap and get the the stress reduction. It's so easy. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And um, in terms of like, so it sounds like that's a tool that you use for your well-being and mental health on a regular basis to help yourself. Every day, every day. Yeah. And my pain levels, it also helps pain, helps stress. Oh, wow. uh, yeah. If you're reducing your cortisol levels, it's helping to protect your brain health long term. People with dementia have high cortisol. So we want to reduce that cortisol. Uh, if you have yeah. PTSD, you're and you have high cortisol, you're more likely to develop uh, dementia as you as you age. From one of the oh, studies wow. I looked at, when I was still at uni. They looked at war veterans who had PTSD, and they were twice as likely to develop dementia um, as their peers who didn't develop PTSD. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? And I think yeah. it's really good now that we're more open in society to different types of treatments and therapy and um it's not just like the traditional being in a psychologist room and talking to someone and talking out your problems but actually looking at different ways that suit you and what one size doesn't fit all so what might work for me might not work for you and so it's good to try right. things um to see what helps you and regulate yourself and your you know your immune system as well as your cortisol levels that's something i find really interesting and would love to know more about so um yeah that's that's amazing and um, in terms of, um, obviously, we're all about grit and grace leadership talks here. So in terms of a quote that you feel shows that in life and leadership, is there a quote that you could share with us today? My favourite quote ever is, I'm responsible for my own happiness. Oh, big one. Yes. When we take responsibility for our own happiness, then we can live an empowered life. You know, yes, we can yes. have so many things happen to us. I had experienced a lot of trauma in my childhood. I could stay stuck in that trauma or I yes. could choose a path forward. It's not always easy. But if I stayed stuck there, I'd still be stuck in my bed. I would have listened yes. to the doctors instead of listening yes. to myself and and trying everything. If I hadn't taken responsibility for my health, or my happiness, I wouldn't be where I am now. I would still be yes. stuck in the past. And nobody else can make us happy if we're not already happy. They can add to our happiness, but they can't make That's us true. happy. Yes. We can add to another person's happiness. But for longevity, we can't make anyone happy. We can only make ourselves happy. Yes, definitely. And I think it's so important to own that and to think about what what it is that makes me happy and I think you know we've gone through a few years of fight or flight stress response with COVID with lockdowns with things opening up and changes in the world and adjusting to this new normal this hybrid model of working or working from home etc online and and I think it's a good time of year to reflect and go what am what's working for me in my life right now what's not what are, what would make me happy? And I think, what could I be doing more of? And how can I incorporate that into my week? And I think it's about, yeah, just being organized and, and taking action. And I think it's all well and good to say, I want to do these things to feel happy, but what are you doing about it? So actually encouraging you all out there to 
be in charge of your happiness this week and and look at what you could action from this chat today that maybe you've come to your mind or maybe you thought about um, something that you want to do more of in terms of the new year in 2024. So thank you so much for your time today and explaining all of that. That's really helpful. And if anyone is looking to do a training with you or to actually um, utilize you for some EFT tapping, how can they get in touch with you? Oh, if you just Google embraceempowerment.com, my yep. website will come up. Or if you just Google my name, Cardine Aaron, yep. I will come up. There's not many Cardines around. So it's pretty <laughs> easy to find me. <laughs> pretty easy to find me and get, get in touch with me. Yeah, brilliant. And we'll also put the link um, in this post, in the show notes and stuff so people can get in touch with you as well. So thank you yeah. so much for your chat today. Thanks I really enjoyed it. Me. No worries. Thanks and, yeah, I hope we can um, do some more work together in the future. Anytime, anytime. We can we could do like a mini workshop for, for pe people in private practice or for workplace stress. Yeah. Or things like that. So many things That'd we can awesome. do. That would be awesome. Yeah, let's chat about that. Aw, thank you so much and have an awesome day. You too. Bye. Thank you all for watching and listening in today, our season four of Green and Grace Leadership Talks, episode one. I hope that you enjoyed this. Please like and share or comment if you enjoyed this. And if you have any questions for myself or Karine, we would love to hear from you. Have an awesome week.